your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLocal and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you enjoyed this episode and want to stay tuned for future episodes or catch up on any previous shows you've missed, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, so you can always stay in the know when you need to yell at me about my next Winnipeg Jets take. Speaking of the Winnipeg Jets, on tonight's episode, I thought I'd talk a little bit about Winnipeg's game today and and some things that are kind of bugging me a little bit about it, as well as some things that I thought were pretty okay, maybe even decent. And then later on, we'll take a look at some of the score lines from around the league. We've had a lot of games today, and there are some really funny results and maybe some interesting stories that people you know, might want to pay attention to going forward. First, though, let's talk about the Jets versus the Sens in what was a very painful 2-1 loss. Now, this is a game where I felt like at, at first, you know, both teams, especially in the first period, were fairly evenly matched. One thing that I think people need to understand about the Sens is that when they play hockey, they're not actually that bad of a team. You know, if you watch them shift by shift, I think their forwards play pretty well. Um, their defenders aren't great, and a lot of times they make a lot of really silly mistakes, but that's Not that dissimilar from the Jets, right? What I tend to gather, though, is that, like, Ottawa plays a very scrappy, high-tempo, very fast-countering kind of game, which, in some scenarios, has been Winnipeg's Achilles heel. Tonight, I will say that the Jets actually looked pretty active, especially coming into the first period. In the last game, of course, we all kind of knew that the Jets weren't happy. You know, Maurice called the performance horse crap for at least the first period. And despite winning 5-1, you know, it wasn't really all that impressive. My uh, my fellow colleagues at the Locked On Senators were like, oh, you know, this is how fans of another team react when they beat the Suns 5-1. And it's funny because on the one hand, yeah, you know, it is a little bit funny. But I think for the Jets, it's also important to understand that their success is often a little bit illusory. I mean, that, that record that they have now is starting to look a little bit more like what the team actually is, which is... I would say an above-average squad in certain areas, but it's not great. The Jets definitely have a a pretty good platoon of forwards to choose from, right? Like, there's guys like uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was actually out tonight with an injury, but is hopefully going to be back pretty soon. They've got, you know, Christian Veselainen, Jansen Harkins, Andrew Kopp, um, you know, Mason Appleton. A lot of players who are maybe underappreciated or underrated yet play a critical role for this team and there there's like a lot of Adam Lowry types on the squad so I think that the Jets have actually added consider considerable depth on top of like their their already good top six players like you know Mark Shifley Nikolai Ehlers all that stuff the challenge then is trying to understand how this team so regularly struggles in tonight's game especially in the first couple of periods they actually didn't do that poorly I think most of it was just general sloppiness when it came to stuff like turnovers and making odd passing decisions and occasionally just not really 
getting to the most dangerous areas of the ice and actually scoring. They definitely got into the slot, but as far as capitalizing on chances, for some reason they just could not seem to find an empty space against Marcus Hogberg. A couple of times I thought maybe they overcooked it or or slightly overthought a couple of shooting lanes that maybe they should have just taken, but you know, it is what it is. Thankfully, after a, a fairly listless first period where both teams definitely had quite a few scoring chances but couldn't really find the back of the net, it eventually came down to uh, Christian Veselainen assisting Mark Scheifele on the opening goal. You know, Veselainen is starting to prove that he deserves a longer-term spot in this lineup. I, I was always kind of hoping that at some point we'd see this really good power forward side of his game. When he was drafted, I know I know that the thought was something along the lines of, this guy could be a player in the mold of like a Blake Wheeler. But of course, now that we actually see him, I think his game style is very different. You know, I think he has a more patient approach and he's more interested in physically engaging along the walls and he's a little bit more, you know, methodical and slower paced. Blake was somebody who just sort of drove towards the net with an incredibly powerful skating stride, intense physicality, and very good net front presence. But Veselainen seems to be more interested in just being a general space creator and working, you know, both inside and outside of the slot. He's just as comfortable working along the walls as he is anywhere near the net because he's got great vision he's got a very big frame that allows him to shield the puck pretty effectively from opposing defenders and while his skating stride might not burn every single defender out there i think he's got very good mobility and he knows how to use it well he often finds himself getting marked out by like two or three different skaters at a time just because when he's on the puck, he's very hard to dispossess. And over the past few games, I've just really liked the way that he approaches things. He's got the developing style of a potent power forward, and if he adds a little bit more finishing touch to some of his shooting attempts and stuff, I think we'll see a very special player. He's already shown that at the AHL level, he can score quite a bit, but it's actually getting the coaching staff to realize this and, and put him in good positions to succeed and really actually get points rather than just playing with like fourth liners. And that's one thing that he's had to struggle with for a while now. But now that he's showcasing that he can really play alongside skilled players like Mark Shifley and, and other guys, maybe even Paul Stastny and some of these other centers, I really feel like there's no reason for him to get demoted again. He frankly should not have been sat earlier this week, but of course that's the coaching staff doing coaching staff things when it comes to doing 11 forwards and 7 defenders like they did again tonight. But Veselainen's never the guy who should sit. I, I feel like he's been a very valuable player. I like what he does at even strength. And getting the kid minutes alongside real NHL skill is only going to help him acclimate to this level of hockey, you know, faster and, and more effectively. Unfortunately, as, as fun as that goal with Shifley was, we did see a little bit of sloppiness just about two minutes later with Evgeny Dodonov scoring. Andrew Kopp, who has been known to be a very good playmaker, had an uncharacteristically off night where he missed a lot of very basic passes that he doesn't really struggle with. On this one, Derek Forbort was pinching up along the left wall, and I'm not really sure if Kopp thought he was behind him deeper somewhere or he was trying to pass somewhere else, but either way, uh, Kopp sort of fired it behind him, and it ended up getting picked off by the Sens and converted into a goal against. After what seemed like a pretty big effort just to score the first goal, it was very disheartening to see the Jets concede it very quickly and and certainly not something that I think Winnipeg would be satisfied with either. If, if you're going to be struggling to score at even strength, you also can't just give your opponents an easy opportunity at the net. It was unfortunately not the only blunder of the night, and the last blunder ended up costing the Jets the win. We'll talk about who is to blame on this one, and what takeaways we might gather from the Jets. But before then, I thought you should know a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be your one-stop shop for all of your online betting needs. BetOnline is the safest, fastest, and most reliable way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. And if North American sports aren't your only interest, there's plenty of international soccer, including Bundesliga, 
Liga, Premier League, and La Liga betting to do. If you're not into sports, Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, whether you think you know the next Stanley Cup winner or who you think is getting voted off your favorite reality show. Bet Online also has all the news, scores, and odds you could ever need. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. When you register for your free account, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with that first deposit. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on all the action today. Take charge of your sports fandom and get the wins you deserve. Go to betonline.ag and start your path to glory today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. Before we close out our thoughts on this third period and the game as a whole, the game being the one the Jets lost 2-1 to uh, the Ottawa Senators earlier this afternoon, I wanted to let you know why you need to be listening to Locked On's special series, More Than the Game. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked Locked on Women's Basketball, discussing the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now to finish off our slightly disappointing and sad thoughts on the Ottawa Senators versus the Winnipeg Jets. You know, I'll say this about the Sens. Every time they play a game against Winnipeg, I feel like they play like they have everything to lose, which is kind of funny because this is a team that is essentially tanking for even better prospects. You know, Tim Stutzla and a number of other prospects are are certainly coming along in the pipelines, but of course the Sens still need a a lot of high-end, really good scoring talent. I think games like this are a very good example of why, because the Sens basically traded blows with the Jets, but the one thing that they have struggled to do consistently is to actually finish on chances. They pelted Hellebuck earlier this week and yet only scored one goal on something like 42 shots or, or something in that neighborhood. So it's clear that for a lot of reasons, the, the Sens just have a lot of depth issues and really don't have a whole lot of goal scoring up front. And they also have very poor goaltending. That wasn't the case today. Marcus Hogberg actually seemed to be pretty good in net, but when they're out there playing, it doesn't really seem like this is a team that's really thinking it's going to be last in the league, relatively speaking, right? The Sens actually play fun, exciting hockey. They play with intensity, desperation, excitement, energy, and they seem to always play with passion, which is very odd to contrast it with the Jets, who I would think would have everything to lose as well, because let's be honest, the Jets at this rate are starting to age. Their core is getting older. And while they have plenty of good young players, it's not like those guys aren't in their primes already. You know, Ehlers is in the best shape of his life. Mark Shifley is probably towards the end of his prime. Blake Wheeler is getting up there in age. Josh Morrissey is supposedly in the prime of his career. But let's be honest, Morrissey right now is really struggling and it's very sad to see. But, you know, the rest of the team is definitely not getting younger. And of course, they will get some younger reinforcements on the blue line. But as far as the forwards are concerned, you've got a lot of guys who are in the here and now basically and they need to win now the Jets can't really afford to mess around and I think that this is a serious situation because Winnipeg is kind of in a weird spot you know they have this team that's for the most part pretty darn good in terms of the forward lineup but the rest of the lineup especially on the defense is is rough you know they've got great goaltending they've got great goal scoring for the most part but the defense is continually letting them down, and it's holding them back to the point where the Jets really need to reevaluate how they handle this blue line. It also seems like the Jets are just really prone to bad turnovers, silly mistakes, and generally sloppy plays, as well as a slow start, so I don't really know why this team struggles with all of this stuff as much as it does. I certainly look at the coaching staff as being a particular problem, and I feel like the staff just hasn't really put the Jets in the best position because 
let's be honest, the Jets are at the stage where they have now missed their Stanley Cup run, and the odds of them making another run like that are pretty darn low. The 2017-18 team was the magic ticket and the one that I felt was going to be the squad to get it done. Of course, that didn't happen, and so now we're kind of left with the aftermath, but the Jets really haven't done anything to get back to that stage, and I'm kind of concerned that we're still here a couple of seasons later, and we really haven't made any progress. In fact, we've regressed to the point where I don't know if the Jets are closer to a lottery pick or to, like, a genuine playoff contender status. This year, at least, the team is a lot more fun than it was last year, but it's still not a great squad, and I, I do wonder when exactly we're going to start to see Billy Heinola and Dylan Sandberg on a regular basis. So, you know, I'm just... I'm a little bit stuck with this squad. I'm, I'm kind of confused as to why these things have happened. And then, of course, the way that the Jets lost today was in the final 10 seconds of the game, Connor Hellebuck came out of his crease, misplayed a puck, turned it over, and created a sequence where the Sens scored and ended up winning the game. Now, on the one hand, this is Hellebuck's fault, and it's very clearly on his shoulders as he was the one who misplayed the puck and was the one who created the scoring opportunity against. But, you know, by the same token, the Jets have to score more than one goal. I mean, the fact that the Jets only mustered one whole goal on like 30-odd shots is just crazy. It's one thing if, if I felt the Suns were dominating control of their own slot and really defending the Jets well, but they weren't, you know. And I feel like that the lack of efficiency and the lack of finishing is just, it's frustrating, you know. Uh, and, and so I, I kind of, I'm stuck with the squad. Again, like I mentioned earlier, I just, I'm at a place with this team where I don't really know what I need to be expecting from the team. They have a very brutal stretch of games upcoming against the Leafs and the Habs and the Oilers and the Canucks. Now, a couple of those teams are probably a lot easier to deal with than others, but even so, the Jets just aren't that good. And the coaching staff keeps hamstringing the roster even further with bad deployments, strange lineup choices, and all these kinds of, you know, details here and there that start to kill the team over time. They've already got a weird tactical system that really limits a lot of their zone exits and whatnot, and teams like the Sens that prey on those mistakes and, and create opportunities out of those chances... I, you know, I don't really know how the Jets are going to handle a team with actual scoring talent like the Habs. You know, the Sens may lack goal-scoring ability, but they certainly play a pretty decent style, and the Habs actually have the finishers to make the most of those chances. I'm kind of at a loss because I want Winnipeg to have a great run and to go deeply into the postseason, but I also don't know that they're actually going to make it very far throughout the, rest, the rest of the regular season. I, I do feel that they will make the playoffs, I just feel like the rest of the Northern Division is not particularly good and the top four should be, you know, more or less attainable for the Jets. But until they start to address some of the sloppiness, the slow starts, the dumb decision making, the poor defense, the weird deployments, this team is just going to hold itself back from being as fun as it really can be. It is what it is, I think we all accept to some degree that the Jets are who they are at this stage and it's not likely to change. Maybe one day we'll have cool things again and maybe the Jets will actually win a cup before I die, hopefully before I die. I'm going to pause my Jets ranting there though because there are plenty of scores to update from around the league and there are a couple of other funny games that are ongoing right now and a lot of the fans of those teams might actually be a lot angrier than we are. Before recapping the sadness of other fan bases, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why rockauto.com should be your number one source for all your automotive part needs. When it comes to vehicular maintenance, trying to find all the parts you need is always a pain in the butt. Let's be honest, you probably don't even know what you're looking for, much less how much you should be paying for it. If you want to skip the runaround and get straight to brass tacks, then rockauto.com is your one-stop shop for all your auto part needs. rockauto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to filter by make, year, and model of your vehicle and set a price range so you get the exact parts you need at the prices you want. 
Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com's catalog is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to the best name in the automotive industry for all your car part needs. And when you check out, be sure to write locked on the knee how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We recapped earlier Winnipeg's loss to the Ottawa Senators, but thankfully around the uh, the NHL, it is always a league of sadness. There is always another fan base that's angrier, sadder, and even more upset than Jets fans. Take, for example, the Toronto Maple Leafs fans, who have to be absolutely gobsmacked that uh, despite having a one nothing lead for almost the entire game, somehow Montreal ended up winning 2-1 because, let's be honest, Toronto, Winnipeg, Montreal not great at holding leads. In recent times, a lot of these teams have had some trials and tribulations, which isn't exactly surprising considering they're all playing one another, you know, and everyone's getting used to the other teams. It's it's a bit of a mess, to be honest. But at least when it comes to the Northern Division, as bad as it is, it certainly hasn't had anywhere near as many COVID issues as the rest of the U.S. Small victories, I suppose, but, you know, as far as the Leafs fans are concerned, a 2-1 loss is going to feel very bitter, even with a fully healthy roster. From what I gathered, the Leafs played very well but did not capitalize on their chances and of course Montreal ended up making a little bit of a mess towards the end, scored on some sloppy stuff, and won, which sounds eerily familiar to what exactly happened to the Jets today. None of these teams though are probably as upset as the uh, the Nashville Predators are after losing 4-2 to Detroit despite the scoreline not looking as uneven as it was. Honestly, Detroit curb stomped the Preds, and I think it's a good reminder that the Preds have fallen off a very long way since their 2017-18 run against the Jets and their previous Stanley Cup Finals appearances. I gotta be honest, that team's just bad, and I don't really see a situation where it gets significantly better anytime soon. They've got an okay prospect pipeline, but there's not anyone there that I think is really going to to push that team over the next level. And I don't really trust that John Hines has the exact right tactical acumen to elevate that team to the next level. Let's be honest, Hines got fired from New Jersey for a reason. He seems like a really nice dude, but I, I just kind of wonder what exactly the Preds thought he would bring to that team, just because if you're, if you're looking for like an up-tempo style of hockey, Hines doesn't really preach that. His mind frame tends to be from a more defensive and and deeper sitting prospect than the kinds of teams that I think a lot of folks want to watch. You know, Montreal, Tampa Bay, Vegas, all these teams play a lot more aggressively and higher up the ice. And yet, you know, the the Preds continue not to really do a whole lot in terms of offensive production or, or at least really dangerous production. They still might be going for volume shooting and all that, but today's game was definitely not that. They just got obliterated. We also saw Tampa Bay, speaking of very aggressive teams, thrash the the Florida Panthers 6-1, which is not super shocking. I think the Panthers were probably due for at least a little bit of regression at some point. They've had a number of great games over the past couple of weeks. At some point, you're just going to meet a better team and lose. Tough one for the Panthers, but of course, they've had quite a bit of early season success, some of which might be surprising to people. I know I was certainly a little bit caught off guard. Uh, as far as the rest of the league is concerned, Vegas beat San Jose 3-1. Again, not a super shocking result. San Jose is, yeah, they're just not that great, right? And the, the Knights are the Knights, so you'd expect Vegas to win pretty comfortably. We also had the Islanders playing what a lot of people are calling one of the best games of New York's early season. You know, the Islanders haven't been great for the past couple of weeks, but this was a very complete performance against the Boston Bruins, and the Isles won 4-2. So, all in all, probably a very pleasing result. 
The Bruins are an extremely difficult opponent to beat. I am sure Isles fans are loving the really well-rounded performance. Wrapping things up, we had St. Louis beating Arizona in overtime 5-4. This series has been kind of funny because the Yotes, for some reason, just can't be knocked off so easily. The Blues are still struggling to, to have a little bit of consistency. They definitely aren't getting the world's best goaltending and, you know, their defense and offense a bit inconsistent at times, but one thing I have heard from some of our Locked on Blues hosts is that the uh, the Blues have kind of shot themselves in the foot on too many occasions. Don't want to be doing that at this level. Uh, speaking of other games where teams shot themselves in the foot, Columbus ended up losing 2-3 to Chicago. I think the uh, the Blue Jackets had a 2-1 lead at one point. Actually, Line had a goal and a fight in this one. But yeah, the Blue Jackets as a team are still just not that great. So, you know, I think Line maybe is going to regret to some degree moving to Columbus, even though he's scoring quite a few goals there. Might be good for his contract run. Maybe not so good if he wants to be on a winning squad. Last but not least, we had Carolina beating Dallas 4-3 in a shootout. Great for the Canes. I mean, the the, the Stars are a pretty decent team, um, and Carolina certainly has plenty of offensive scoring depth, but I do wonder about their goaltending situation, and their defense may have taken a slight step back this season. Just slightly, though. Both still very good teams, and I imagine that division, the Central Division, is just going to be a mess going forward. That was all the scores we had from around the league, though. Might have some more surveys on tomorrow's episode, and maybe give some thoughts on what I hope uh, Billy Heinola and Dylan Sandberg will accomplish at the AHL level. That wraps it up for tonight's episode, though. Before you log off, be sure to listen to Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want even more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.